KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you, just complete, complete uh, transparency. For some reason, I had in my head that you look like Ed McMahon. I was like, this documentary had to be made by a blue hair, bro. I am so shocked. I'm shocked to see this youthful dude in front of me. That is maybe the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life. The idea that I might be Ed McMahon. You are now listening to the Parker Edison Project. Good morning. Welcome to the Parker Edison Project, where we look at tenets of culture and what really makes America great. I am geeked for this episode. The title is Hashtag Cinemaphile. I've been using that hashtag for over 10 years to describe my movie opinions and reviews. Look it up. See what you find. One third of my life is movies. At age eight, I saw the movie Purple Rain at the Century Twin Theater on El Cajon Boulevard in San Diego. I split most of my preteen weekends between there and the Vogue Theater in Chula Vista. I stole my walk from Prince and Axel Foley taught me how to talk to people. I saw Friday on a Sunday back to back with Bad Boys. But my all time favorite director is New York's Spike Lee. In 2019, I did a lecture series at San Diego State University called New Cinema Classics, where we examined movies released post-2000 and broke down their impact on pop culture. I dedicated a whole section to Spike's catalog because there are so many layers to what he does. He's a master craftsman. For instance, his 1989 masterpiece, Do the Right Thing, has a scene where character Radio Raheem gives a moving talk in the middle of the street about love and hate. Hate! It was with this hand that Cain iced his brother. Love. These five fingers, they go straight to the soul of man. The right hand, the hand of love. The story of life is this. A real cinemaphiles will recognize a very similar moment with Robert Mitchum in his 1955 film, Night of the Hunter. Ah, a little lad just staring at my fingers. Would you like me to tell you the little story of right hand, left hand? The story of good and evil? H-A-T-E. It was with this left hand that old brother Cain struck the blow that laid his brother low. L-O-V-E. You see, these fingers, dear hearts, these fingers has veins that run straight to the soul of man. Do the right thing is ahead of its time in every way. It betrayed a riot from racial tensions three years before the Rodney King incidents in L.A. The despicably brutal murder of its radio Raheem predates the killing of New York's Eric Garner by 25 years, but its accuracy and similarities are flat out eerie. Is it art imitating life or life imitating art? Remember in 2016 when athlete and now political activist Colin Kaepernick took the moment to kneel during the national anthem in protest of police brutality and systemic oppression? Remember when genius director John Singleton depicted this exact scenario in 1995's Higher Learning? Hey, why are you going to this school? Well, because that's what they say you need to do to make it in the country. What's making? Check out this situation. You had a football game. Thousands of people there. All of them white. The American flag is right above your head. They're about to play the national anthem. All these people turn around and look you dead in your eye. What do you do? Yeah. A movie is the closest we can get to reading another person's mind. 
It lets you see what people think, how it sounds, looks and probably felt to them. So I'm gonna introduce you to a couple of local directors. Let's get into it. I'm speaking with author, musician, and now director, Ben Johnson. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well, Parker. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. I'm talking to you uh, because you made a movie and that's a, a really big deal. You didn't just shoot something in your backyard and show it to people on your phone. You had screenings and I, I wasn't able to get tickets, but to my understanding, the drive-in was packed. What is Fanboy about? Fanboy is a rock and roll thriller that follows a band called Xenos on tour and the obsessive super fan that follows them around. And then their relationship gets very uncomfortable and weird. And then the police get involved and try to track down a, a band on tour. So how did the police track down a band on tour, you know? Wild interesting. How did that come about? I was in the middle of my third book, but I put that on hold and I just hammered out this script because you strike while the iron is hot. Bam, 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 bam. And I just wrote it out, went over it like four or five times, edited it up, edited it up. So we started casting and blah, 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 blah. Five years later, I got it into the drive-in and yeah, um, I mean, I benefited from the pandemic, I'm not gonna lie, because there was nothing else to do at all. When the tickets went on sale, the first one sold out in like four hours, the first screen, which is 180 cars. So it's like, that's, you know, that was like, wow, 180 cars. So then that one sells out, another screen sells out. Then I like talked to the guy of the drive-in CEO guy. I was like, hey man, these sold out in minutes. Like, how about the same night? I know you don't want to give me another night and you don't want to commit to it. How about the same night? We do two more screenings, bam, like that. Five five screens total. We love being like 1,500 people seeing this thing, you know, at the, at the drive-in, like some 700, over 700 cars. You have uh, SoCal rap producer Milky Wayne in there, and he's also a contributor to the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Do you know how that came about? I mean, Wayne was great, you know, and I wish I could have had him in a larger part. It came about because I met him a long, long, long time ago. And we used to sling sandwiches and smoothies together where he was slinging beats and I was just making my first bands. Word. His resume is, is incredible. Matter of fact. Hey, this is Milky Wayne. Check out my new record, Serwin Vega, iTunes, Apple Music, everywhere it's streamed. I haven't seen it yet. And I know some of my listeners are going to want to. How can we see Fanboy? Uh, you, it is on Amazon Prime. And you can go there, uh, fanboythemovie.com. And that has a link that takes you right to the, the watch link. I'm going to watch it tonight. Thanks right. a lot, Ben Johnson. Thank you. Ben Johnson just gave us a quick rundown on how his DIY thriller Fanboy came about. Next, I called up documentarian Bill Perrine. His 2017 project, It's Gonna Blow, examines what happened when San Diego's rock scene started to get attention from the major rock labels. I'm on the scene. I saw Bill's movie in real time. It's been a minute since I spoke with him. Here's some of our conversation. We're talking about your documentary, It's Gonna Blow. Where does the title come from? It mostly comes from a Truman's Water song called Aroma of Gina Arnold. <laughs> it was basically Truman's Water's kind of rant about this uh, local critic named Gina Arnold, who was sort of a cheerleader of alternative culture and grunge and that sort of thing. What inspired you to make this documentary? There's not really like one particular thing that, that inspired me. It wasn't like a flash of inspiration or anything like that. It was more a um, feeling of why hasn't somebody done this already? 
but a lot of times things you you do are because you wish somebody else would do them for you and you get tired of waiting for somebody to do it you know what i mean So the, the chorus of that song is your plastic culture sucks and it's going to blow. And I thought that was just kind of a great encapsulation of maybe some of the spirit that a lot of these bands have. What's the hardest part of making a movie? Uh, all of it. It's all terrible and I recommend nobody do it. <laughs> it's really <laughs> awful. Ah, here's where I get pretentious. Keeping your vision intact, like what you really want the movie to be about, while also allowing the movie to kind of grow organically and become become something else if it needs to. You know, you go in with your own ideas, and sometimes those uh, those need to be altered, and you have to kind of figure out how to let it alter without completely going off the rails. Bill, how does someone get an interview with Henry Rollins? Well, I didn't get an interview with Henry Rollins. I think you're misremembering. I got an interview with Ian Bakai from Fugazi. My efforts to get an interview with Henry Rollins went nowhere, although I did talk to him. We emailed back and forth, but he basically blew me off in the nicest sort of Henry Rollins-ish way. Was there any was there any scene or story that you heard or recorded that didn't make the movie? Well, I'll tell you one that I really regret didn't make the movie, and that was uh, a guy named Jared Warren who was in a band called Carp, who were based out of Olympia. He went on tour with Truman's Water and Beck, right when Beck hit it big, right when Loser came out, when Beck was just starting to attract like a huge audience. And sure enough, Jared had these really funny stories about, if I remember right, people would, you know, talk all the way through the Carp set. They would talk all the way through the Truman's Water set. Beck <laughs> Beck would come out, they'd talk through his set until he got to Loser. Then they'd start dancing around, putting their hands up in the air. Then they would all leave. (laughs) (laughs) But it it just didn't fit in the movie. For the people that uh, hit me on Twitter, in fact, the first two people who hit me with a tweet on Twitter about Bill Perrine and his his documentary, It's Gonna Blow, I'll send them a copy of the Blu-ray. But for those people who don't do that in time, where can people watch it? If they go to my website, which is billingsgate.org, has a link to my like online story. But it's also, it's out there. I don't know. It's on Prime Video. It's, you know, wherever you buy movies other than Netflix, it's, it's on there somewhere. So just look for it and it'll pop up. Bill Perrine, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I would be remiss if I did not mention the part escapism plays in the movie-going experience. It's a well-known fact that people watch familiar movies on repeat to create a feeling of stability. Even the films I've mentioned here may speak to my subliminal longing for the normalcy of life before the pandemic. I say normalcy with air quotes, but you can't see that. I don't know. Who's to say? In any case, if you're looking for some good places to get away, let me suggest these. Aviator, Sid and Nancy, Mo Better Blues, Paid in Full, Miyazaki's Spirited Away, and Tampopo. That's just my list. I'm going to get you a couple more fire suggestions from my guy, King Dice, in an episode of MMSM. You stay tuned. You are now listening to the Parker Project. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. 
Hello, this is Maya from Maya's Cookie San Diego. We are America's number one black-owned gourmet vegan cookie company. You can check us out on our social media at Maya's Cookie San Diego. I love you. I think I always will. Even now, I'm reeling from the effect that you have on the rest of my life. I'm different now. As badly as I want to feel the heat between us, I know exactly how this is going to end. Now streaming at PlatformCollection.com is the new film short, Run Rick, a who's who of San Diego talent. Brought to you by the good people at Platform Collection. I am your guest host, King Dice, social commentator, musician, and connoisseur of fine cheeseburgers. This is Movies Millennials Should Movie, where not only do we hip the millennials, Gen Zers, and baby boomers alike to movies they should watch, but we also made movie a verb. I'm going to have our guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Antoinette Genevieve Williams. So I am a writer and curator and independent art dealer. And I am DJ Garbar. I am a DJ slash producer. Nice. Good to have you guys here. The movie I have for you is Backstage. You guys want to find out what's on the official Def Jam tour bus? Money, cash, hey. The biggest security problem right now is keeping the artists on the tour with us from pulling all the girls backstage. <laughs> no dancers on the stage, two turntables and a mic. Came out in the year 2000. It chronicles 1999's Hard Knock Life Tour. It features a bunch of Def Jam artists. It's Jay-Z, uh, Method Man, Red Man. I think Ja Rule's in there. For me, I loved that movie growing up as a, as a young aspiring musician because it was, for me, my first insight into what tour life was like. <laughs> I thought it looked amazing. Antoinette Janie Williams. I like to say your whole name. It's a mouthful. <laughs> What movie do you have for us? I selected Boondock Saints. An FBI agent is on a case. All the low lowlifes in the quiet city of Boston start dropping dead, and you think it's unrelated. They're all bad guys. Now they're all dead bad guys. It's, um, it was a weird movie that had, you know, so many different elements, and I think that the music really added to the intensity of the movie at certain moments. So I think that's the first <laughs> time I saw, at least for me, Norman Reedus who uh, many people may know from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> I love that movie. DJ Gargar. Uh, my pick is Breakin' slash Beat Street. Oh, let's go. I think they're from like 83, 84, but I think I probably saw it when I was like, five or six, uh, like, you know, 85. Um, but that was my first, or those movies were my first kind of dive into hip hop. And I, it, it, you know, got me break dancing at like 92, eighth grade, you know, pulling out the cardboard and the tile and all that. Yeah. The battle scene in Beat Street, I must've watched, you know, hundreds of times. And then the, uh, the scene with Turbo, uh, sweeping in the front of the liquor store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that scene I watched, I must have watched, you know, hundreds of times too. So definitely two of my favorite movies uh, with any kind of music in them. Those are great movies. I definitely remember some of my favorite scenes from that movie. So for my movie, I'm going to give Backstage 
four and a half boom boxes. This is record breaking. The first time I've given a half emoji to any movie. Four and a half boom boxes for backstage. Definitely a movie you should watch if you are an aspiring musician. So I was thinking long and hard about my emojis because, you know, it's a weird movie. Um, <laughs> and I think it would have to be like the scary face screaming emoji and maybe like mm. one or two of those. <laughs> Um, because it's a, it's a very intense, you know, I, I haven't watched it recently, so I might be a little off with my emojis, um, <laughs> but I feel like that's pretty on point for the brand. I like it. <laughs> DJ Gargar. Uh, I'm going to give, uh, my duo five. Are there, are there dancing emojis? I don't know. There are that. dancing emojis. <laughs> I know there's the one, the one, uh. Um, so it's like a salsa dancer with a red dress. That's yeah. the only one I can think of. So I'll give, I'll give my movies five of those that the red dresslings. I thought for sure you were going with brooms. Oh, <laughs> good call, man. Good call. Yeah, it should have been brooms. You're right. Right. These, these emojis are going to mean so much more after you've seen these films. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, Antoinette Williams and DJ Gargar, please tell the people where they can find you. Um, so you can find me at a Jen, that's G-E-N-8-7, that's my middle name, Genevieve. Um, and then I also run an online art gallery, and you can check that out at uh, it, apotheosisart.com. And you can find me, um, you know, Google, Instagram, Twitter, DJ Gargar. Um, and then on Facebook, it's uh, Gardouble Productions. I've been your guest host, King Dice. Follow me on social media or just go to my website and see all of my good handles. It's kingdicesays.com. This is another segment of Movies Millennials Should Movie. KPBS On Demand is supported by Maracal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, Maracal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Like you heard me say during Bill Perrine's interview, the first two people to comment or message me on Twitter will receive a copy of his rock documentary, It's Gonna Blow. I got three. I'm keeping one for myself to add to my personal collection. Let's close out by hearing from a young artist with his own connection to cinema. His Devil in a Daydream virtual tour created a presentation that communicates on so many levels. I recently heard it described as intimately special. If Ben Johnson creates what he thinks, Bill Perrine documents what he's seen. My next guest, he lets us see what inspires him. Good afternoon, sir. Who are you and what city are you in? I'm Mobley, and I am in Austin, Texas. Nice. Uh, of course, this year's live show season is like no other in history, but you've been doing something really interesting. Can you tell me about your recent digital tour? I did a, a virtual tour earlier this spring where I went around central southern Texas area and shot a bunch of unconventional shows in, in unconventional spaces. Um, rooftop of a hotel, out in the hill country, uh, we went down to the Gulf of Mexico and shot uh, a set walking along the Gulf of Mexico at sunrise, the new MLS stadium that was just built here. Sold access to those as ticketed live streams. Those proceeds went to help out the venues, but also to help out a, a really good charity here in Austin called the Dawa Fund that um, provides direct aid for people of color who work in the service industry and the arts and healthcare. 
yeah, I applaud that. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't heard of that type of connection between the the live show and just supporting people at a grassroots level. That's dope. Thank you. This episode is about movies, and uh, I want to know: Did you pull any inspiration from any specific films or or video? There's film influences all over it. You know, one of the one of the tracks is called Lost Boys, which is a direct allusion to the the film, just because I wanted to play with the the idea of vampires on that track. I, a lot of the headspace that I was trying to occupy and, and score across the record was really strongly inspired by the influence of um, visual media, and, and in particular, film is is really all over the record. What's a movie? Everyone should watch. Last movie that I really, really enjoyed and like, a, I need to rewatch this kind of way was Knives Out. I haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, that's a good movie. That's a dope suggestion. I'm, I'm gonna go look that up. And also, I really dig number five off the album. Would, would you do me a favor and just introduce it for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. That that's a track called Mate. Um, I actually wrote that song for my wife. It was the first song I wrote for my wife. And we live together, so it's really hard to surprise her with music. So uh, I came up with like two or three hours worth of errands that we needed done. And I was like, oh, can you go do this? I have to work on some stuff here. And so while she was gone, I just rushed to record everything. And basically what you hear on the record, I, I recorded in that two, three hour span. And then when she got back, I played it for her. And she loved it, so I put it on the record, and hopefully I'll like it. I'm Mobley, and I'm from Austin, Texas. Stop.
Thanks for stopping in. The Parker Edison Project is produced and hosted by yours truly, Parker Edison, and the good people at Platform Collection. Be sure to subscribe and catch the next episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, visit theparkeredisonproject.com or hit us on Instagram at the PE Project. My guy, Kurt Conan, is audio production manager. Kinsey Moore Lynn is my favorite podcast coordinator. Lisa J. Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is associate general manager for content. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund. I love saying that because it reminds me of Sesame Street. Y'all stay safe out there. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.